On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's March the 2nd. Today is game three between the Sixers and the Toronto Raptors. That means Mark is going to be the first home game for the Sixers in this in this series. Oh, by the way, I got my man Mark back. Sorry, Mark, I didn't introduce you first. Good to be with you, Keith. All right. So, anyway, y'all, so, Mark, for the first segment, we're going to talk about what are we expecting in game three. Because, let's face it, the first game, it was the Sixers were blown out. The second game, the Sixers were handing it to Toronto. They committed a lot of turnovers, so they let the Raptors back in. But this, it was a great performance outside of that. So we're going to talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, we're going to talk about, you know, what type of adjustments are we expecting both teams to make, right? And then in the third segment, a really important question that we're going to try to answer can the Sixers live without Joel Embiid having a monster offensive game? Now, Mark, what are you expecting out of this game? I'll tell you, you hear so much, Keith, about home court. And, and Brett Brown talked after practice on Wednesday, and the players talked about how loud it was in Toronto. I think it's a lot louder in Philadelphia, to be honest with you. Uh, and if you look at this series, right, the Raptors, game one, Got out by eight in the first quarter, and they go on to win. They set the tone early. The Sixers came back. They led by nine in the first quarter in game two, and they came back to win. So maybe setting that early tone and having the other team chase you uh, is a big thing. So I, I expect the Raptors not to get punched in the mouth early. I, I don't expect, like, the Sixers just to come out and, and get a big early lead. I think the Raptors will ha- hang around there, feel their way around there, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I, I do, too. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, that, you know, the Sixers have new life. They have new life based off of winning um, the this, this second game. You know, I, I think – uh, they're a little fired up. They're motivated. You know, the bench has basically outscored the Raptors bench. So with that being said, you know, I, I expect it to be a, a great one. I, I think that this game right here is vital for the Sixers, though. I think the Sixers would benefit greatly if they were able to win this game. And then, they, you know, the teams will be sitting at home for another two days just waiting. And I think they will put a lot of pressure on Toronto. Now, I think if the Sixers should lose this game and then next thing you know, Toronto's like, okay, we're up 2-1. The Sixers have to make some moves, you know, for the next game because we know we're going back to Toronto. But I think if the Sixers could get this game right here, it's going to be it's going to be great. Now, the one thing is, you know, I'm expecting, um, you know, Jimmy Butler to, to, to at least have another game, another solid game. Now, again, he said he's not going to force anything, which is true. He's going to take what he has. But I think that, you know, we're going to hear a lot of Jimmy Butler, a lot of that going on. He's going to he's going to feed off of that. I think that Jimmy also is going to try to make a point to make sure that J.J. Reddick gets off. 
I think that he's going to do that. I, th- I think that, you know, he's going to go after, look for Tobias Harris to get some shots. He's also going to try to get the big fella involved, you know. Um, I think that the Sixers are going to, you know, you know, post up and, um, you know, try to post up Ben again or try to do things. But again, you know, Ben Simmons does not have to score for the Sixers to be successful. He just has to continue to be a great defender. Yeah, and, and even though Kawhi Leonard got 35 and Ben was a primary defender, uh, as, as Marcus Hayes pointed out, he did not make a three against Ben. Ben did make it harder. Ben is long. He changes the way uh, you, have to, you have to shoot your shot. And you have to wonder, Keith, from a Raptors perspective, can they continue to expect Kawhi Leonard to average 40 points, which is what he's averaging in this series? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he's been terrific, and yet he got 35 the other night, and it, it wasn't enough. True, true. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine averaging 40 points? Now, again, I know it's only been two games, but wow, 40 45 and then 35 points. That's crazy for one guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy. So, you know, but, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the nice game, Mark. I, I mean, I have to admit, I'm, I'm really looking forward. You know, there were some games in the regular season like, oh, man, they're going to play Cleveland on a Thursday. On, <laughs> like, oh, man. You know what I mean? But this one is like Thursday night under the lights, you know, two teams. You know, the Sixers right now, you're looking at, you know what I mean, you're looking at Toronto and you're saying to yourself, like, this team should win the East. You're saying that. But then you're looking after the last game, you're saying, maybe the Sixers could steal something. You know what I mean? Maybe they can. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm expecting it to be a close game. Um, like you said, they got to come out hard, and you got to stick it to someone and have the team chasing. That's going to be a key. You know, I think another key for the Raptors is the Philadelphian coming home, Kyle Lowry. Keith, again, he had been relatively ineffective offensively till that fourth quarter when he had eight points, hit mm-hmm. those hit those big threes. Uh, I think Kyle Low- – and he's been in foul trouble too. So I think Kyle Lowry is going to be a guy that, that maybe uh, – is going to set the tone for this uh, for this offense of the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Well, when we get right back, we're going to talk about the adjustments that the team needs to make. All right, so you you know you you did a story in today's paper, and I you guys need to go to Philly dot com. You need to pick up the Philadelphia Inquirer, and you need to pick up the Philadelphia Daily News to read my man Mark's story about the adjustments. Now, here's something else, y'all. You have no excuse not to get it because I just said three different things that you <laughs> could go to. So go ahead, Mark. Just talk about the adjustments you well, think. Well, one of the things I talked about is, 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 is wrote about was how successful they have been on Danny Green. Danny Green shot one for eight the other night, one for six from three. He was the second-best three-point shooter in the NBA this year, 45.5%. The first best was Joe Harris. The Sixers shut him down in the first round. So they've done a good job getting out on those shooters. But Green has also had some open shots, Keith, especially that one that could have tied the score with 10 seconds to go in game two. So the Spurs, uh, the, Spurs I, I, the Raptors have to have to get him some shots. 
The other thing I think the Raptors have to do is, and I thought Brett Brown made a great adjustment when putting Embiid on uh, Pascal Siakam because Embiid is a tremendous defender, and even against those quicker uh, power forwards, he can stay with them, and, and they can't get a, the step on him. But if I'm Siakam, I've got to run around the court. I've got to make Embiid run uh, because Embiid, you know, I thought it was pretty uh, courageous that he played the other night. He felt terrible with the, with the stomach ailment. You've, and the knee is still not 100% either. I, and, and Siakam's greatest trait, Keith, is how he can run the floor and, and, and do that. So I think that they are going to have to do that. And the other thing is, I think Marcus Saul has to play more minutes. He's averaging 30.5 minutes. I, I know he's up there in age and everything, but the difference when he's on Embiid and uh, Serge Ibaka is on Embiid is, is significant as something you had written about uh, in Thursday's paper. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gasol is holding, and well, Embiid is averaging 30 possessions against Gasol. Gasol. And he's only he's only scoring four point five, and when he goes up against Serge in twenty five possessions, he's averaging nine point five points. So you know the main thing is is Mark, and you know it's kind of tricky because he has been double teamed. But with that being said, what do you think some of the adjustments the Sixers have to make? Well. I think that the seven, the Sixers, when, when they're looking at it, as as much as they did a better job on Kawhi, they still didn't do, you know, he still got 35 on them, right? So I thought they did a good job of helping out on him. I thought they did it more, a lot more earlier, Keith, than later in the game. So I think that they have to keep that going in the whole game. The other thing is, I think Kyle Lowry has been able to beat them off the dribble, and I think that they're they're going to have to stop that because uh, Lowry has been getting to the foul line and 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 he's been getting open guys. Now the guys haven't been hitting the three pointers, but I think stopping Lowry off the dribble and having him go all the way to the basket is going to be something they have to do. Um, and the other thing is they just – this is not an adjustment. They just have to keep playing well off the bench uh, because Toronto's bench has been a massive disappointment in the first two games, scoring just a total of 15 points. And here's something else, and I don't know if this is an adjustment, but it's something that they got to tighten up. Like, they benefited a lot because of Danny Green's missing shots. And, you know, Pascal Siakam, you know, there was times when – he was in the corner, left alone, and he was just bricking threes, three-point attempts. Mm-hmm. So to me, the Sixers need to close out better. They do. Now, there was a time when, you know, Ben Simmons came out and swatted one of Pascal's shots, threes. But for the most part, they were very fortunate because just like they were against Brooklyn, they were fortunate because Toronto was just missing. You're right, and and – to expand on that, Marcus Gasol, who's a decent three-point shooter with that flat shot of his, he was one for four the other day. Mm-hmm. And you're right, but he, they were open looks. Open looks. Open looks. And you're right. How Can they keep depending on that happening? You're right about closing out better. Okay. Well, when we get right back, y'all, we're going to talk about can the Sixers live without Joel Embiid having a monster performance, offensive performance. Okay, Mark, what do you think? Can they? 
can the Sixers actually do, I mean, play well to, tonight without Embiid having a monster offensive performance? With this caveat, Keith, only if Butler has another game like the other night. I exactly. mean, Butler played incredibly with the 30 points. I mean, he had almost a third of the Sixers points. Mm-hmm. If Butler doesn't get, get to that point, then they need Embiid to have a much better offensive game. And I think he, he will have a better offensive game. I think he's feeling better. It's a couple more days that he's got the rest of the knees. He got the stomach problem out of the way. So I think he he can do better, even with Gasol on him. And like I said, I think if you're Toronto, you got to keep Gasol in that game a little bit longer. See, my thing with Embiid, and he talked about it today. You know, you know, Gasol has been doing a great job, and and I think he hasn't been getting a lot of you know a lot of people talking about the double teams and this and that. But there's been times when you know Gasol has you know bodied him up and played well. The thing about Embiid is, you know. If you can get the ball early and you can get in offense and get to the rim, you know, you're not going to get the fouls called like you do every other other time because of the way Mark plays defense. He's a smart defender. But I think if you can do that, then do it. But once that double team comes, you know, I think Embiid will be better suited kicking the ball out. You know, he only had seven shot attempts. He shot two for seven. But he also had six turnovers, right? And if MB did something in the past, I always felt like when stuff weren't weren't really going well for him, he tried to do too much. Mm-hmm. And doing too much for him often leads to turnovers because they collapse. Now, if he can sit back and he can, like you said, that ca- the caveat that J, I mean that uh, that Jimmy Butler can do, you know, have a great game, he'll be fine. But there's times where you know. J.J. Reddick used to always be his go-to switch, so to speak. People figured that out, and then that was a turnover waiting to happen. But So I feel like if he can find, you know, you go to J.J. if he's open, but if you can find um, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, or whom James Ennis, guys like that that are going to be open, then do it. But, you know, and, but, and basically once he starts doing that, is going to open things up for him because the double and the triple teams aren't going to come as much. Yeah, the other thing is, I'm not sure if Toronto's been doubling Embiid as much as Embiid I don't, I don't su- think so suggests either. he has because Gasol is that good of a one-on-one defender. He uses great body leverage. He doesn't let him beat him, beat him facing to the basket, and he puts a real puts a body on him. You know when he wants to post up. Where I would have weak side defenders on Embiid is any time he puts the ball on the floor, because as you said, that could be a turnover waiting to happen. You cannot let Embiid dribble. You've got to get someone else there to try to steal it, because more often than not, he will make a turnover. You're exactly right. Well, look. I want to thank you, Mark. As always, it's always a pleasure. I want to thank y'all for listening, and I want y'all to have a great day. And if Mark, if he's not too busy, because, you know, last couple games, Mark was like, hey, man, hey, I got stuff. No, he didn't say that. Mark was basically on his grind, and, and so he really, you know, was doing things. So we, I, I, I did the podcast with someone else, but I do want him to come back to, to uh, tonight or tomorrow, excuse me, Tomorrow mornings with Mike Lee and I, if, if Mike's available, have I want to have the, the three of us 
you know, do a podcast. Will do, Keith. Uh, right. Always great to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all and have a great day. Peace.